0: Hey everyone, Matt Williamson here. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino, and let's preview a little bit of Steelers Colts. Hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I'm still getting over this illness, but so be it. Such is life. The train rolls on. You know what time it is? It's time for football, and time to jump into the action at FanDuel Sportsbook and lounge at Live Casino. Bet on your favorite teams at our self-service kiosk and sit back and watch the players duke it out on the field on our massive 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, a little nugget that I've found since we talked last, spent a little bit, and this is about Joe Burrow and how the Steelers played him, what they faced in Burrow. Now, I believe this to be true. I mean, the first two weeks aside, when Burrow was still coming back from that appendectomy, since then, which is a long stretch now, I really think he's been the second best quarterback in the league behind Pat Mahomes. I mean, he is playing at a ridiculous level and played his best game against the Steelers. And it's not because necessarily something they did. It's just if you isolate his play, it was terrific, and it's getting better and better every week. And the, the league should be afraid, and the Steelers were the recipient. Uh, he's really playing at that level. No one seems to lump him in that category for whatever reason. But I wanted you to let be known to that. Um, we're going to talk about what happens on both sides of the ball in this upcoming game. But one thing we talked about a little bit is the Steelers threw a lot at Burrow, and it didn't matter what they did. He handled it extremely well and tore them up. I, I mean – that's just elite quarterback play in this league that it almost doesn't matter what you do as a defense. If he's processing and distributing the way he did, good luck. And one issue I do have is, is they blitzed him a high percentage of the time, played a lot of man behind it. And we saw Higgins beating man consistently. We saw Spillane and Millett not being able to hold up as man coverage players. And those two need to But my issue is, I don't know why you blitzed him that much. I mean, I know they weren't generating the pressure they wanted with four, even with Watt. But going into that game, when we previewed it, I told you guys, hardly anyone was handling the blitz as well as Mahomes. And that showed up again. So my hunch is, looking back at how the game played out, they regret blitzing him as much as they did. Because he processed it and got it out and beat it time and time again. But during the course of the game, if you put yourself in the coach's mindset and you're not getting home and Chase isn't there, well, let's dial out more blitzes then. Let's dial more blitzes. Well, didn't work. So, okay, just a little nugget there. Um when this I have a lot of keys when the Steelers have the or when the Colts have the ball. I have very few when the Steelers have the ball of, of things to look at in this game. And a lot of it's just because the defense they're facing, this Colts defense Is what's now old school, you know, Seattle cover three, a lot of zone, the least amount of blitz in the league. So by design, it's not a risk taking defense. It's a tackle to catch. They play the run exceptionally well. You're not going to see a lot of variance. You're not going to see a lot of blitz, like I said, or a lot of exotic stuff or a lot of different coverages. So they need you to execute, be patient, and that will be difficult for a rookie quarterback. I mean, just anyone. So that's a big key to me is is Pickett going to be happy taking a layup, hitting a single, getting a walk, getting on first, you know. Uh, You don't have to be super aggressive. And that's an issue for young quarterbacks. It's an issue for a lot of quarterbacks. Um, The one spot, though, that I did want to bring up is – they struggle against tight ends. And a lot of that's, I think, because Leonard's been out. But their linebackers and safeties, even without Leonard, are good good players. We're good players still. But a lot of it's because they play so much zone that tight ends sit down and put their big bodies in zone and, and have a lot of success against this team. And as I've told you, I mean, Friar Moose numbers, as well as his tape, is – a top five type tight end. I mean, he's a star. I mean, he has broken out. He is way ahead of the curve. If if I know Dale and Tim Bens do these like predictions pregame on the pregame show. If I were doing predictions, one of them would be Friar Muth, whatever his over under total is, is going to be over. And if not, I think that's a red flag. So I would hope that the Steelers offense is game planning heavily right now to attack the middle field, uh, big guy routes, sitting down against those zones, walling people off, and Fryer Moe's perfect for that. So I expect a big, big game from him, and that's going to be one of my keys going into the game. Did that happen or not? So that's really all I have on the offensive side of the ball. We'll be back with a lot more keys here on the defense in a minute. I think the best way for me to talk to you about it is it's a lot like the Steelers offense at the end of the Ben era, but they have a better running back and a better running game and a better O-line. Better O-line, yes, but better running game, better running back for sure in Taylor. So they do have something to lean on in Taylor, but Ryan, much like Ben, when he takes shots are usually just 50, 50 balls down the sidelines, balls coming out extremely fast, Big thing I said about Ben at the end of his career is he, he can't protect himself anymore, and that's very apparent with Ryan. Um, hits do a lot of damage to him, fumbles. You know, they don't protect them particularly well. So, you know, you, the Deontes of the world, in this case, it's their receivers. They get hit almost as soon as they catch a ball. You know, no one's afraid of the deeper stuff. And it's harder to run the ball because there's a lot of people at the line of scrimmage. So that's the kind of offense you're facing is sort of a lot, a lot like defending the Steelers last year. Um, so I think that's reassuring. And I think if you listen to the last segment, I don't expect a lot of points in this game for all those reasons. But let's start with some of the Colts blocking stuff. Their left tackle and their right guard are inferior players. So I expect Joby to feast. But. Um, But because it's the right tackle that's the good player, they still have to help Braden Smith with Watt. I mean, Watt's too dominant. So that should leave Highsmith alone against Raymond the left tackle a lot. He should destroy that. The problem, as it was with playing the Steelers last year, is there's not a lot of long-developing plays. So can you beat a left tackle in 2.3 seconds and still affect the play? You know, I mean, there might not be a lot of sacks, but he should whip up on that left tackle. I still think Watt will do his usual damage despite double teams and all that good stuff. Um, The left guard, Nelson, is a tremendous player. One of the best guards, obviously, in the last five, 10 years. I would say he's having a little bit of a down season as all their quote, good linemen are. Um, But him and Cam are going to do battle one-on-one time and time again, which is, A heavyweight fight, I mean, is a power matchup. I mean, there's no finesse in that whatsoever. And that in itself, snap after snap could be just fun to watch. There are some highlights when these guys tangled last of Cam beating up on Nelson and being the more physical player, which if that holds up, wow. You know, I mean, that that is an accomplishment and very few defensive linemen can pull that off. But that's going to be a true one-on-one matchup on the interior that you just don't see very often. You know, I mean, Cam's used to getting doubled and whatnot. They're going to help the right guard as much as possible because he's bad. So, Nelson, you got Cam. Cam, you got Nelson. Made the best man win. And they're both big, physical, nasty, bull rush-type guys, you know. So, I think that's going to be really fun. Again, I think the edge stuff really favors the Steelers up front, though. Um, the whole key to the game is who runs the ball better. And this is just a collective thing. And I don't think you need me to tell you. I mean, if Taylor goes off, the Steelers will lose. I mean, if he if they can't get a lot of bodies on him or limit the big plays, they will lose. I mean, that, that's the difference to me of the Colts offense this year versus Steeler offense last year is if you miss a, Taylor, a tackle on Taylor, He takes it 80, you know, Najee wasn't doing that, you know, I mean, obviously, and their run game can take over a game Steelers never really did last year. So he's the whole key to the game. I mean, limiting the damage Taylor does in this game is cut to the, you know, cut to the chase is what this game's all about. Lastly, I want to tell you a little bit about their three receivers. Um, and how the Steelers match up, they all have very distinct roles. They don't use the tight end much, hardly at all, in Indianapolis, and they rotate guys in and out. They really haven't found their guy. Um, I really like Alec Pierce. If the Steelers wouldn't have taken Pickens, I mean, I was targeting Pierce with the second round. I mean, and he's as good in the pros as I expected. Long, tall, tall long strider downfield targets. He's got an extensive volleyball background. I mentioned that because you can see him go up and get it and body control and things like that, that a spiker in volleyball would have. Um, He's impressive. He's going to be a good player, but they really only use him as a deep threat. I mean, in a nutshell, Paris Campbell's kind of the trick shot shot guy. If, if someone gets an end around, it'll be him. Uh, get him on a cross or make someone miss. He might get a carry carrier, too. Um, but because they can't protect and Ryan won't hold the ball, a lot of it's near the line of scrimmage, unfortunately for him. But he's had a good year. Uh, he's finally healthy. He's got a lot of wiggle, a lot of juice, a lot of electricity with the ball in his hands, which is different than the other two guys. Pierce, I described and Pittman. Pittman's their true one. Um, I would probably say he's the 18th best wide receiver in the league and his surroundings have hurt his production this year. He's as good as he's ever been. He's just in a tough spot. He's a big physical guy, but unfortunately, they use him so close to the line of scrimmage that it's frustrating, you know, because he is capable of more. Ideally, you'd like to see him deeper in breaking routes, you know, things like of that nature, moving him over the middle of the field. He can break a tackle. He's not super dynamic, but the way they use him is very mundane considering his talents. But he's their one. He's a very good player, but he's in a tough spot right now considering his quarterback and protection. So that's what I got for you. I'm not sure what my schedule is going to be with the the Monday nighter. Well, should I record one Sunday night and just recap the league a little bit? I don't know. We'll figure that out. Let me kick that around. Any suggestions are welcome. Thanks so much. Over and out.